What's up, football-loving maniacs? Another edition, Three Honest Lads. As mentioned, we said that we were going to get some match previews for you. Number two on the list, and by no particular order should he be the number two, is actually Charleston Battery head coach Mike Anhauser. Coach, let's just start here. Thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on reaching the postseason. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Um, so let's just start here. Uh, 2020. In, in the world that we live in, always seems to throw us curves, and, and what a crazy season it has been. Um, you guys finished number two in Group H. I'd like to ask you this question first. No opportunity to get the 16th game. Your yep. overall thoughts on that. Would you have liked to play the 16th game, even if it was a midweek match, or are you okay with where you're at? Well, one, you can't say we finished second technically, correct? So. <laughs> Fair enough. <Yeah. laughs> Fair enough. That's all I can say about it. Am I happy either way? Listen. With everything that's going on and how everything played out, you know, we're happy to be in the playoffs. Uh, we're happy where we are. Uh, we're going to take everything that landed where it landed, and uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to play. And that's all we care about, and that's all the team cares about. It's got to give you some sort of extra special feeling for you, for your boys, that not only did you not finish second, like you just said, but the three blemishes for the Tampa Bay Rowdies all came at the hands of your Charleston battery and all came at the hands over the last five weeks. That's got to make you feel a little extra special. Yeah, but, you know, we're just trying to win games, and obviously we were trying to catch whoever was in front of us. So um, it is nice. Uh, it was nice going down there and getting the result, especially after a difficult game on Wednesday and how that result finished. Uh, the guys really stepped up to the plate, but it shows really the character of the team and the quality of the team. So I think that's really the biggest part of it is, you know, you're always proud as a coach of how the team plays and how they can respond in any situation, and they did a great job. So now – we just got to get everything sorted out and, you know, work in the same way. We, the good things we've been doing well, we've got to even be better here going into the playoffs and uh, going into Charlotte on Saturday night. Coach, one of the great things about my job, in my opinion, is I get the opportunity to pick the brains of yourself, John Hackworth, Bob Lilly. The list could go on in the Eastern Conference as well as the West. But our general public doesn't get that opportunity. They don't get the peek behind the scenes on a regular basis. You and I have talked about what you've seen from your team. I want to ask yep. a different question. How is this team, in your mind, different than what you thought it was going to be all the way back in March and even at the resumption of play? <laughs> wow. I, I think really that, the, you know, the de we've talked about it, but I, I haven't mentioned that the depth is something that is I wasn't sure about. I thought we might have a good 12 players, you know, with a few guys coming back, but we lost a bunch of players. We lost some experienced players. And you always worry when those new players come in or younger players come in a little bit as a coach. But what they did do is maybe at the beginning, you weren't so sure of what they could do. And once the season progressed and what you saw throughout the season, it's grown to where it is with some of these new players has been absolutely tremendous. And uh, again, I, I would still give all the credit, which I, you always try to as a coach to the players because they're the ones who do it every week. But uh, just not knowing where everything was going to fit, you know, in the puzzle because it wasn't a team that we had on, on paper that was there last year. It was kind of a lot of new faces with a mixture of guys we had in the past. So that was the biggest thing that was, you know, you know that that surprised me a little bit. Coach, two direct questions on that. You're most happy with what in this team? You talked about culture. Um, you talked about character. What makes you happiest when thinking about this squad? Just the, the, the way they play and the way they train. It's, they're enjoyable. 
Yeah, they're enjoyable to watch them train. They're enjoyable to watch them work every day. And then when they put things together and they're able to do it on the field in those games, makes it just exciting for us as a staff, not just myself, you know, Dusty Hudock, John Wilson, and, and everybody involved. Uh, it, it's been an enjoyment from that side. Okay, now knowing you and knowing your personality and what you and your staff strive for, let's go to the other side of the coin. What yep. pisses you off? <laughs> what, what, what do you guys need to work on? <laughs> when, when the missed assignments and the little things in a game where – you've seen them do so well and players that you don't think are going to do something and and it just, it doesn't happen. And that's really uh, irritating. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's actually more, you know, we've had some chances and some, some spots where maybe we could have, you know, got, got some, some goals and finishes or even clearances or marking that, that really, you know, it gets into my grill a little bit, you know, it's like, you know, people merging onto a highway and they don't know how to speed up or slow down. <laughs> Coach, I've, I've, I'm going to pair this next question off of your response right there because I've asked this to a bunch of managers before. I've never directed it at you, shockingly enough. You at the yeah. end of the game, are you the type of manager who is watch out, get out of my way, there's a disaster coming through because you're upset about things that went on, or are you more so calm down, couple words with the boys, and you revisit it midweek? I am more I, – I could I – could, if, if things don't go well, I could walk away and rather, you know, get my senses straight before speaking to the team. Um, but I have learned over the past five years here, probably in the last five years recently, to really have a thought and write down notes before I speak to the boys and not make it about individual things or things that maybe just, you know – made me a little upset. Fair enough. Smart man. I'm still trying to figure that one out, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, um, again, having the opportunity to pick your brain a couple times, some of this you may mm-hmm. hear um, may be repetitive between you and I, but I'm just trying to share with the general public. We've talked about your previous teams. Um, of course, yeah. some massive runs in the Open Cup years. Who can forget yeah. the 2012 championship? I was actually going back and looking at that squad, and, I mean, what yeah. a list of names. Ryan Richter, Dane Kelly, Jose Cuevas, Taylor Mueller, Colin Falvey. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Compare yeah. this team to that team are they better mm-hmm. are they on par you know kind of give us an idea of where your thought process is when comparing this team to the charleston battery greats have passed yeah you know it's so hard to say better or worse or something different or here where it compares is that year same thing you know you mentioned those players we've we filled the gap and with the quality in those spots over the cuevas you got a zico lewis Ryan Richter, uh, you know, <laughs> he's a little different, you know, so you, you really couldn't fill his shoes because he was so powerful, strong, and fast and, you know, made it to the next level. Um, you know, that's more of an Arthur Boshua. So I think we have the depth in all the positions, you know, that might even be a little stronger than that year. Um, but even that year, we had a lot of good rookies and uh, new players and new faces. Even uh, 2012, I have to think, I want to get it wrong if that's, that's not Rudolph Mayer. I think that was 2010, you know, where you even had loan players, which we don't have that this year. So that's something a little different where, you know, these are all players that, that we have in, you know, that, that we've chosen. So that adds a little dimension to it, which is nice too. So I think really overall, the quality is right there with those teams. Even we mentioned 2017, 
um, back in that day where we have all the, the kind of positions filled pretty well, um, maybe some a little stronger or maybe not as strong, but we pick it up in other places, you know, and the, the defense is really strong this year, like we talked about, except for one half. And uh, it's just disappointing, you know, from a coach's standpoint. But overall, we have a balanced team. And I think to have success, you have to have that. And I'm sure every team who's going into the playoffs this year with everything that's been so difficult, you had to have a solid defense and you had to have a really good offense too. And even a team like Louisville, you saw them, you know, give up a few goals early and now they've really tightened the ship and they're really hard to score on. So uh, that's been the key. And I think that's always the key to success. If you can get both sides of the ball going, you're going to have a lot of success. So proud of this team. I compare them way up there and the, you know, the teams that have won and done well. And obviously now it's up to them and see, see where we can land. And uh, you know, you mentioned 2012, that's a championship year, and obviously that's where everybody's shooting for. Coach, one individual question for you before we move on to the matchup directly. I'm just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. I heard this stat, uh, I believe it came out in the news about a month and a half or two months ago. You are yeah. the third longest tenured head coach for a club in the world. That's a pretty staggering statistic. Your thoughts when you hear that and what it means to be a part of the Charleston Battery? Uh, is that every sport? <laughs> fair enough i didn't dig that deep (laughs) i did hear that and you know the reason why uh you know up there in north carolina i tell you he he does a lot of digging on his research doesn't he so um i think he picked that up and i had a chance to talk to him and he, he he mentioned it and it's an honor um it's an honor to be be in a category any category really um you know winning Losing the longest tenured means you're doing something right. And it's an honor to be able to, you know, put these teams together in Charleston and, you know, keep doing it. And so really I look at that and then you really have to give, I still, you still go back to the players because like you said, 2012 is different and I don't have any players from 2012. So the club has done everything right, has supported, you know, the staff and myself tremendously from all ownership groups that we've had. And it's, it's been fantastic. So and uh, it's 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 a great accomplishment, and uh, you know I'm proud of it, um, and I just want to keep it going. And uh, who knows? Uh, but it does mean I'm getting older, so I guess that's the one negative about it. <laughs> Hopefully, we can stop time this year, and it can be a 2012 <laughs> idea for you guys again, right? We'll just we'll just yeah, freeze well, this I moment think, in time for you. <laughs> if we could freeze it at a certain time, I think it would be about maybe in January. So yeah, unfortunately, but uh, you gotta you gotta roll with the punches. You gotta be able to change. You have to be able to adjust. And, you know, I've been very fortunate, you know, and again, it makes me proud to hear that stat, um, you know, and it, it, it's great because if you are somewhere for a long time, hopefully you're doing something right. Coach, 7-1-2 and two in your last 10. It's a different story for the Charlotte Independents. Their results have been up and down, almost hard to make of them at times. Um, you right. know, most recently they did take down North Carolina on the weekend, which is a really important game for that group. There was a chance that they mm-hmm. lost. They wouldn't get in, um, right. you know, lost to Memphis before that drew the Miami FC game, but then, you know, some quality wins again over North Carolina and Birmingham. What do you make of the Charlotte independence? I make it, I make it a, a team that we're used to playing a lot and it doesn't matter who's won 10 in a row, who maybe isn't playing well. It's a matchup and a rivalry that we've had forever. Even if you go back to, you know, the Eagles, right now, the independence and, you know, it's, it's just a great rivalry. Uh, you know, even if I had a phone call from an ex Eagles player back in the day that causes problems and it's just amazing. Uh, 
but I would say they have mixed results, but they, you know, I think they've changed a little bit. We played them and they were in a four. So we're expecting a little of anything from them. Uh, we also know what they have to offer up front. And he, he heard us. We played them one, one Dane Kelly picked up the goal and we know he's capable of scoring one, two or three goals in a game. And he has that capability, which has helped them. So, uh, and he got off to, it wasn't a rough start. I think he was just getting used to his teammates. So, and them getting used to him. So we know we're going to be in for a battle. We're at their place, which is always, you know, difficult when you go on the road and you have to win. So, we're, we're treating it like, you know, we're on the road again and we have to go get it done. And I'll tell you what, I'm, we know that they're going to throw everything at us and it's going to be a great rivalry. And if they had 10,000 fans there, it'd be fantastic. And I think they, they might even have a few fans this game, which is great, even if it's only a small number. They did make a switch into that three back after their September 2nd game. And that was a yeah. win over Memphis 901 FC. Interesting comment coming from Mike Jeffries, by the way. He actually yeah. said to me when I talked to him about it, I said, you know, I- I've seen you guys do it at times of need, not necessarily desperation, but just to switch things up a little bit. And he said, you know what? You're right. I had never really consistently thought about it. The person who made me do it, Troy Lassane, of course, longtime disciple of his, his assistant coach, who's now the head coach of New Mexico United. And he said, Troy pushed me to try and play a three back, play in a wing back type system for so long. If it wasn't for him, I probably would have never made this switch. Thought that was interesting. And when you come off that switch, beat North Carolina, beat Birmingham, beat North Carolina again. Of course, there is the loss to Memphis, but that is the only loss for you. If you remove Dane Kelly, they are one of the teams that they don't necessarily have a lot of supplementation up top. If you get Dane out of there, is it that simple? It's never that simple in the playoffs. Obviously, they've played without him, and I think they had success. I think he was Dane was out of game. Uh, yep. Gephardt's playing well. I'll tell you, they're wingers. Uh, whoever's playing out on the wings, he's mixed it up a little bit. And you got Enzo Martinez. You can't forget about him. I mean, yep. he's a player with quality. I think he had, oh, man, 15, 18 goals that one year in our league, right? And, you know, he could push forward and get into the gap, even though he's sitting a little deeper and trying to play more you know, as a, as a midfielder who kind of gets the ball and controls tempo. So it's not as easy as that. Do we want to shut them down? Absolutely. And hopefully it ends up being as easy as that. But you can't just worry about one player. It's just no different, you know, when you're playing somebody, Gonzati for Tampa. You know, you've you got to worry about those other guys, too. And that's, that's one of the things where you've been difficult. We, you know, you can't just shut down one of our guys. McHugh Daly scores two one game and Stavros uh, you know, scores two the next game and uh, Zico Lewis gets, you know, a goal and an assist. So that's something that we've been proud of, you know, being able to do is maybe change up a little bit and teams can't really prepare and try to shut down one thing. But I think this game's going to be, they're going to put everything on the table and what they did, they did solidify their defense with the three guys in the back there. Mound, uh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Roberts. Yep, Hugh Roberts. Uh, LaCroix, yep. LaCroix, I think, yep. got team of the week. Yeah. And then the two wingbacks, they, they might be suited well out there, you know, whoever plays out there. And they've done a nice job. So the good thing is we've played against the three. <laughs> Miami's switched to a three every almost every game we played them. And Tampa plays a three every time. So it's not something we haven't seen. Coach, in terms of the overall shape, one more, um, specifically the midfield. Yeah. You talked about the three on the back line. I think it's easy yeah. for an innocent bystander that isn't deep down in the trenches like you are to look and go, oh, the team plays a 3-4-3, a 3-5-2. Yeah. They seem to overload yeah. their midfield a bit more. They can almost box it and turn it into six. Have you yep. seen a shape like that from any team this year? Well, Tampa's tried it the last two games against us where they boxed in actually four center midfielders a little bit yep. with uh, Hilton. And if you watched our last game, and they tried to do that to keep possession, which I know Charlotte does like to do a little bit. 
Um, and that's what I mean. Enzo sitting a little deeper, and he's a smart player. So we have seen it a little bit out of Tampa um, in the last two games at our place. Uh, and then this last game, they kind of did the same thing and only went with one striker. So we have seen it, uh, whatever they throw at us, but you never know. I, maybe they'll go offensive and keep two wingers up high. You know, like uh, like a Liverpool or something, and you know, Mike's Mike might be throwing everything into the hat just to to see where he can cause us a problem. But so we have seen something like it. We're going to be prepared, and like I said, it's not something playing against the three for us has been pretty prevalent in our division. Uh, or how would I say it? The conference, uh, our little yeah, the group, of, uh, teams. <laughs> the group. Sorry, the group. No, yeah, twenty twenty, man. Yeah. Yeah, 2020. And then, and actually, Atlanta really plays a three also. So, you know, things are changing. You're seeing a lot of teams going to a back three, aren't you? At, at every, at a lot of clubs and all over the world, they're changing to a three or kind of disguising it so you can get those two wingbacks further and maybe protect somebody in the middle uh, if you have to. So we're ready. Um, you know, hopefully we have seen it, but you're, you got different players. And like I said, different players in different places can always make things a little different and cause it to be good or cause it to be bad and we know that they're definitely you know they, like you said they got some pieces that a lot of people might not be aware about aware, you know ready for it also ah. <laughs> one more question about your team and then one more question beyond that but specifically about your squad um yeah the back line looks beautiful i talked to you yeah. privately about robbie crawford and angelo kelly what i thought of yeah. their relationship the rotation up front in your mind when it mm-hmm. comes to the media what does the yeah. media miss? What do you think an area on the field that you guys don't get enough credit or maybe a group or a single player that doesn't get enough credit for what they've done? It's hard to single out a player because, you know, yep. you know, we don't have that guy who has 15 goals, you know, that the media can look at. I think our team, you know, to beat a Tampa, you have to be good defensively as a unit. And, you know, I built them up, didn't I? Hence against mine a little bit, our defense but it's not just our back four. It's really the whole team, the way they defend, but it's also a way that we attack is when we win the ball and when we lose it, how we're able to pressure. So I think, you know, I would give the two you mentioned in the midfield have been fantastic. They played a lot of minutes and I'll still give our defense, you know, other than that second half, I mean, we, we were in control and I, they let their guard down and, you know, we probably learned a harsh lesson uh, back there. You know, the, you know, our back four has been very solid and I don't even think we've had one defender get team of the week this year, Devin, if, if, if I'm correct. And, you know, it's, that's difficult to say when, you know, we were right there, you take away those four goals against Miami or at least one or something, you know, and say, okay, we're right there. And the, you know, the uh, toughest, one of the toughest teams to score against. And uh, that's what we need to carry out through this uh, playoffs. And I think that's been something that's really a lot of people haven't talked about. Coach, last one, we'll get you out of here. Given the way that the point totals fell, Pittsburgh and Louisville, they're right there. Hartford yeah. right there. And, of course, the Rowdies in front of you. Unless the Rowdies lose, there's a chance that you guys might have to play every single game on the road. Your road right. record, though, you guys have done pretty well for yourselves. Just your thoughts yeah. on how difficult this run would be for not only for you guys to win the East but get to the final. Well, when you look at the big picture, it's always difficult. But, obviously, you know, the, the, the positive where we look at it is, you have to win on the road at Charlotte. You can't look past the first game in the playoffs. You have to take care of business. And if we get past Charlotte, who knows? I look at it differently. We might have a home game. And that's a big thing. And then if we have to go on the road, but you never know where the other teams, who's going to win or who's going to lose. So we do know it will be difficult, just like it was difficult going to Miami and having to win in Tampa. That's what It was a great weekend for us. 
to see us lose but come back and beat a good team like Tampa and we also know we're going to have to go on the road so we're prepared for it mentally I know the guys are ready and I think they feel that we can go on the road and win and that's the biggest battle right there is not thinking that you can't go on the road to win the game there you have it from the man himself head coach of the Charleston Battery Mike Anhauser coach appreciate the time safe travels and best of luck awesome thanks for having me